The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where every week I will bring you messages of hope, health, and healing. I want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer. My mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities while being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents the Lord has blessed you with. This podcast is sponsored by Exalted Health, where we are ending the war on women hating their bodies. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. I am so excited to have Pastor Rob Ketterling, the head pastor of River Valley Church with me here this morning. Uh, He has been in the church since he was a teenager and it led him to do all kinds of mission work in the Amazon, all over the world, right? And then you started River Valley Church. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. It's a joy to be here. And I, I love doing these things because I know that the audience, you never know who's in the audience and right. where this is going to go. Right. Exactly. You never know who needs to hear your story in this moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So take me back to like the Amazon days. Like, you know that you're supposed to be doing mission work. Like, take me back to what life is like at that point. Well, that was 15. That was a long time ago. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be a doctor. So I was good in school, wanted to be a doctor. And I went on my first missions trip when I was 15 years old, which I highly recommend that everybody yes. go on a trip and see what the world is outside of your bubble and uh, see what God's doing. And it was there that I felt God say, uh, I want you to be a pastor. And I was like, or a missionary. I didn't know for sure. I thought yeah. I'm on a mission trip. I was feeling God. And I thought maybe it's a missionary or a pastor. And I argued like I, I, I it was emotional thing. <laughs> I remember writing it down in my Bible, but um, I really, I kept going to school and kept thinking like, I really want to be a doctor and God, I'm going to do this deal. I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to yeah. give a lot of money to charity and I'm going to do doctors without borders. And, you know, and it wasn't until uh, right before I went to college, God was like, you're supposed to be in the ministry. Like I've called you to be a pastor. And I was like, okay, okay. And I gave in and I just remember like feeling the joy of like, it was no longer me dealing with God, telling him what I wanted to do. It was this, uh, you've called me and this is what I'm going to do. What do you think the resistance was? You know, um, I just, I, I loved education. I loved being, I wanted to help people. Like I had a major chest surgery when I was 11 and the doctors like saved my life and rebuilt my chest and everything. And, and I just, I, I just thought that was my calling. Like I was going to help people. And because of my experience, I thought that was my ministry. And God was like, no, that's going to be part of who I've created you to be, but that's not it. I'm going to. And so I think I was like, come on, God, like, I've loved doctors because they've saved me. And he's like, and you love me because I saved you. And yeah, that's so good. Day, you know, yeah. so I think there was that. And it was, you know, I mean, honestly, we grew up in a small church and most of the churches I knew, the pastors were struggling and, and mm-hmm. I, I knew doctors made a lot of money. And, sure. you know, my, you know, and I, it's even interesting. A doctor had a huge interest in me. My pediatrician was like, uh, took me out to eat when I was, you know, 16. And he said, Hey, you, there's something in you, you have leadership. And if you want to be a doctor, I think you're going to be a good one. And mm. I was like, so people were pouring into me, but 
I don't know. It, it wasn't like I was like, I don't want to be a pastor, but it was like, <laughs> I definitely wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. But yeah. God was like, no. And I, and I wouldn't change anything now. I mean, I, I love that I said yes to God, but it was, it was just a battle of something that was so good to me. I wanted to be good in that area. And God's like, no, I got something different. Right. Okay. So you say yes, you're in college, you say yes. And then everything was just perfect after that, right? Like it just oh, yeah, unfolded everything. beautifully. Yeah. So tell me about what comes next after saying yes. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, when I finally became a pastor, um, I, I was in two different churches and, um, the first one, I almost died. And you say, really, I was in the ER at two in the morning, um, as a 20 something thinking I had a heart attack mm. and the doctor met with me, said, you're not having a heart attack. You're under so much stress. Um, I was the youth pastor, the music pastor. When the pastor took a three month sabbatical, I had to preach. Um, it was, you know, I was, I mean, people say they were logging, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours. It was 65 hours. It was yeah. crazy time. I was raising my whole budget. And he looked at me and he goes, you're not having a heart attack, but you're actually going to die. Like if you stay in this job. Yeah. And he said, if you don't like make a move, you're going to die. This is going to, you know, and so then I went to a second church um, and, and we just, you know, we experienced all the struggles that were there, but I learned so many good things of what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, the biggest step of faith was starting our church. You know, yeah. here I was 29. I know I jumped forward a lot of years, but that's okay. um, 29, I started our church and you know, I had the, I was always like, this is just great. Everybody's going to be excited for what I'm excited about. And I think that's what I want to tell everybody right now. I just want to camp on this for a second here. You think everybody's excited about what you're excited about and they're not. <laughs> and you're excited about what you're supposed to do. And it's your goal to have that excitement ooze onto others and right. for them to grab hold. Like you have to have enough excitement for you and everyone else. Yes. And so if you can't figure out how to be excited about it, um, you're ne nobody's going to follow it. Nobody's going to get, you know, uh, and so you, whatever you're excited about, it, let it ooze out of you. And, but I thought everybody would be excited and nobody would give me a loan. Nobody would, you know, and people were like, good job there. Hope you survive, you know, and I'm sharing vision and people are like killing vision. And, um, yeah. So to me, it was, that was like my first lesson, like, you know, and, and trust me, there were plenty of things along the way that were train wrecks and yes. trial and error and the normal things that everybody goes through. Yeah. So you're 29, you have this massive vision for this church, but you have nobody that's buying into the vision. So yes. what do you, what do you do? Well, I, I had five Visa gold cards, uh, in my wallet and w which is crazy. I must have done enough flights in college, like coming home to see my family that I got on a frequent flyer program. And then they sent me a credit card and I said, yes. And then I did another one and another one. And at this point I am like, I, it's, it's amazing. I, I think I make at this time, like $34,000 a year as a youth pastor. And I have five Visa gold cards, each with a $20,000 limit. Yes. And in order to start the church, nobody would give us a loan. I couldn't get a 15, one five, couldn't get a $15,000 loan to start the church. And I said to my wife, I said, we're going to start this church on the credit cards. We're going to, we, we've got a hundred grand in credit and we're going to do this. And what did and she say? She's an accountant. 
<laughs> and she was like, no, no. I was like, we got to do it. It's our dream. Let's do it. And so was we, it, was it Rob's idea or was it God's idea? Let me ask you that. I think it was Rob's idea, but sometimes I kind of think now that it might've been God's idea. And yeah. here's what I mean by that. Um, it's what I had. I was trying to get something done and I was like, this is all I have. I need to get it done. Yeah. Now, since then I've grown in my ability of faith and to understand that God can provide. And I was looking at what was in my hands and at least looking at what was in my hands, I was like, I'm going to do the best I can with what's in my hands. And I think a lot of people want to do the best with what they can with what's in their dreams. And I was like, I'm going to do the best with what's in my hands. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I say, I think it was Rob at first, but how has God used it? Um, all the business leaders in our church think like, it's awesome yeah, that I finance the church. That's why I love it. That's why I love it. Yeah. Pastors are like, oh, you should have done that. You should have taken an offering and had the money. And business leaders are like, okay, a church that's actually like one of us. Yes. And, you know, and so that's why I say, was it my idea or God's idea? I, I, it might have been both. And 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 now God sure is using it because right. a funny story too. You know what the name of our conference room is at church? The name of our conference room is called the Visa Gold Conference Room. And I never want anybody on, because people come it. in and they're like, that's odd. Like it should be like St. John or, you know, sure. something. Yeah. And I said, no, I never want you to forget that I was crazy enough to step out and put a hundred thousand dollars on my credit cards yes. to start this church. And I risked everything I owned to start this thing. Never forget that. Yes. That's so good. So did you have actual congregation at this point? Did you have people in your church that believed in the vision? Yeah, I worked um, at um, Circuit City, they're no longer around, but I were, I sold appliances. And so yeah. I was starting with a Bible study and I had a Bible study of 13 people. And of the 13 that were there, two of them quit the very first night. Um, two of them were not related to me or promised a job. So I only really had two <laughs> people and um, that's where we started. And then, you know, we launched with like, you know, uh, well, we launched with like 200 and then we shrank down into the 60s. I didn't realize a bunch of people would just come to check us out and then never come back. Sure. And and then, yeah, so we did have a, a church and I don't, they, I, mean, I don't know if there was any voting then or what, but we just did it. And every time a new credit card would come my way, I'd, I'd apply for it, transfer a balance, get 0% interest for three months. And I was just getting new credit cards and, you know, but yeah, and we clawed our way from 60 people to a hundred to 200. We, and we had to break every barrier along the way. And you just kept sharing your vision and sharing what God was doing and people just kept showing up. Yeah. And it was funny because when I shared the vision, you know, I said, we're going to grow to a church of about 1500. And in the beginning, people were like, well, you know, how about like um, a big enough church that you can actually get paid and quit Circuit City, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, that that's a step. And then, you know, uh, we got to like 400 and people were like, good job, that well done. And then we got to a thousand and they're like, oh, I, I, I didn't know that this church was going to do that. And then we got to like 1500 and everybody's like, I knew it all along. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you didn't know it all along. It's like that old saying when like people make fun of you in the beginning, but then like eventually they're telling people about how they met you one time or they knew you back when, once you get to the place exactly. where you're going, right? I taught him everything he knows. No, you didn't. 
Yeah. So, so what's the average of each campus? Like total, what's what's the congregation at now? Yeah, now like it post COVID has been a whole new world. Yeah. And uh right now we're just about eight thousand people on a weekend. Um we have nine campuses, the um, smallest, and that's not including online. So we have nine campuses and then the smallest one would be about 350 and the largest one would be about uh, 2200 and then online ranges in the thousands and just, you know, but it's hard to know like who's all there. And then one of the things we've used as a measuring stick is like usually your Easter attendance kind of shows like how many people really call your church their home. Right. And we, we had 21,000 for Easter. So that's wow. kind of a number that we've used. Wow, that's a big jump. 8,000 yeah. to 21,000. Well, we a lot of people are starting to come to church like once every three weeks. And so if you add eight times three, it's 24. So it kind of makes sense mm-hmm. that, you know, and why do they come once every three weeks? Well, one week they come in person, one week they watch online from the cabin, the beach, wherever, vacation, mm-hmm. and one week they miss. And that's kind of become a national trend. That's so good. It's so good. It's incredible that you've been able to to touch that many lives in this way. And the Lord has used you, but I couldn't help but think when you were talking about how you wanted to be a doctor, like you'd been healed by a doctor's hands. But then I think about how many miracles I've seen in river Valley since I started attending. And I just want to just release over you. Like you, you are being like a vehicle for healing right now, just like in the Lord's hands. Yeah, it's true. It's it's true. And even last night, um, we were out to dinner and there was a server came up to us and she goes, listen, I go to the church and she goes, I got, you got to know this. She goes, I I've used an inhaler my whole life. I'm on a uh, medication that you can never get off of. She said there was a service the other day and you said, I believe God wants to heal people today. And she goes, I was healed. And she goes, I went into my doctor and my doctor was like, you don't need your inhaler anymore. And she's like crying in the restaurant while she's holding a drink for somebody else. And she's like, I got to get this to him. But she's like, thank you like for being obedient and God's using, you know, so we hear story after story of just be willing to do what God's created you to do. And, you know, let me just say that too. Like, don't think like you've got to be a pastor if you're listening to this. No, you need to be who God has called you to be. Like, run your business, be at home with the kids, do the podcast, do international sales, be a pastor, whatever it is. But God has wired each one of us and we're all in this together. And it's not like, oh, that's the good one. And that's the bad one. No, God needs you where you're at. Like I'm envious of people that get access to, you know, 3M and Best Buy and Target and, you know, to the bakery and Panera, mm. like they're in there mixing up. Like when I was at Circuit City, do you know how many people I talked to about Jesus and just living my life differently and not swearing and 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 saying things about the sermon on the weekend and, and just being able to stand up for my faith? I mean, I'm envious of that. So God has you right where he wants you. Function in your so gifts. Good. Yes, that's so good. Because we can all pray for healing. You don't need to be the leader of a exactly. church to be doing that. Yes, that's so good. So I know that you have a great story about your son too. Would you mind just taking a, a minute to share that? Yeah, I mean, our son was born with autism. And this has been something that I just give God the glory for. 
And we were, you know, put him in special ed for two years and we had come to grips like, okay, our life is going to be different. Our son has autism. And, and when I say autism, people are always like, well, what level? Like he yeah. couldn't look us in the eye. Like he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. slept in a car seat, buckled in. Um, he was in special ed. Everything was a train. Um, the sun bothered him. He'd scream when we'd go outside and he'd say, bright, bright. If we like, we're taking a picture of him and we said, say cheese, cheese registered in his mind that cheese is in the refrigerator. And from wherever he was, he would run to the refrigerator mm. to get a slice of cheese. Like, yeah. okay. So I'm trying to get people context. Yeah. And, and we came to the realization, like our life would be different. And we read this poem or this little writing called welcome to Holland. And like all your friends are going to Italy and you're going to Holland and Holland's still beautiful and you yeah. can embrace this. So we did. Well, then one day we were at church and this pastor said, um, is there anything I can pray for you about? And my wife just said, our son has autism and we want to see him healed. And I was shocked because I had kind of given up on this. Like I thought, okay, yep. God's a loving God, a kind God, but not healing. Like he maybe doesn't want to heal as much anymore. And the guy lays hands on our son and says, um, God has heard that you said that he's a loving God and a kind God. But now to show you that he's a powerful God, he's going to heal your son. And our son who could not look us in the eye, all of a sudden looks up and goes, hi, dad, where are we going? It was like the closest thing I can say. It was like a Pinocchio moment, like where he comes to life. And that really happened. I mean, we, we just moved recently and we found all the special ed documentation of this. And I just like, I was like so overjoyed because I have videos of it. I like in order to get him to do a picture, we would have to catch him like, like getting past the camera and we take like 20 pictures and then look for the one where his eyes were closest to looking in the camera. Like, and he went from that to like, hi dad, where are we going? We brought him to school the next day. The teacher was blown away. Like what happened to Connor? So he miraculously healed our son. And so I believe in the power of God to do that. And I, and I don't know why God does. I'll just say this because somebody was like, well, what about my situation? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. Like that's why we call it a miracle. And we're just asking for God to release something in heaven into our now. It's called a miracle. Sometimes we get it here. Sometimes we get in, we will all get in heaven if we know him as our Lord and savior. And, and sometimes he releases those miracles in. And so it's as his children, we can ask for those miracles. Yes. That's so good. And I just feel like I'm supposed to share this other story right now. Cause I've seen healings happen in a miracle, just like you talk about. And then I've seen them happen over time as well. You know, our son, our youngest son was, was born very much the same way. And like through prayer, like the Lord brought in the right doctor, the right teacher, the right everything. And he is 11 now. And you would not know that he presented that way when he was younger. Like you would not know he has been just through the Lord, bringing those people through. And I didn't even know what I was doing back then. Cause I, I, my relationship with the Lord has changed so much, but he just brought every single person because I opened up this book called the power of a praying parent and learned how to like have a prayer strategy over my son. Wow. And so I think that's just, that story just needs to be told because he can heal in the moment, but he can also use it in another way to like build my faith and bring in the right people yes. and they can use their gifts. And just over time, it's just, it's so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that yeah. you are still a God that heals. Thank you, Lord. So is there anything else you want to leave anyone listening with today? Anything else you want to share? Oh, uh, 
Okay, I'm just thinking about this, and I'm not trying to plug it, but I will say this. Um, yeah. Like, um, I have my sixth book coming out. Never thought I'd write one book, okay? And now I'm writing my sixth book, and I and it's that's irrelevant. The point I want to make is this. Um, give your best now because mm-hmm. you'll get a better best later on. So good. Here's what I mean. A lot of people, they have a good idea or their best thought or their best speech or their best whatever, okay, artwork, whatever. And they hold on to it and they hold it back until the perfect time to release it. And I actually think you're stunting yourself. Give your best now mm. and watch what God does with it. And then God will give you a new best and a new best, like everybody's afraid, like that's as good as it gets. That's all I, I, yeah, I there's yeah. no, that's my crowning achievement. No, like do this one, then this one, then this one and watch what God does. Because I, I, I was like that. I was saving my best sermon for the day that everybody showed up sure. and God's like, do your best now and watch how I use that. So more people will show up for the next best, so you know? Good. That's so so I just, somebody needed to hear that because you, you're holding back, like you're, you have more ideas in you, more good. God has more where that came from. Um, I love telling people this, like we serve the God that created an expanding universe. Like it's not a piece of pie where we're all fighting for a slice of it. Currently so right good. now, our universe is expanding. It's getting bigger and there's unlimited. So don't yes. keep thinking about, oh, I got to hold back. You want to be generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. So be generous with what you've got. Give your best and watch how God gives you more. Yeah, that's so good. As you were saying that, I just kept hearing unlimited resources. Like heaven has unlimited resources yep. available. Yeah. The more, the more you step into it, the more he gives you. So good. It's true. Well, Pastor Rob, I just want to thank you for your time today. I love your story. I hope that whoever is listening to this today that needed to hear it is blessed by it. And we just thank you. Uh, thanks. It was a joy to do. And uh, I encourage all your uh, listeners and everybody, man, go for it. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time. 